Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. God's at work. You know what? And he's, and he's at work in big ways and little ways. In every way that you need him, he's at work. You know, never think that your prayers are, have gone by the wayside. You know, just like Daniel, you know, when the angel came to him, he said, I've come for your words. And I was sent immediately. As soon as you prayed, I was sent. So just keep that in mind. When you, when you believe in God for something, you just keep believing God. Don't give up. Amen. Well, I'm not going to have a whole lot of time tonight, but that's okay because honestly, what I have tonight, I thought, well, you know, this, what the way I've got written down and what I've got seems so short, but, you know, I am an Anderson by osmosis. Things never are short. <laughs> so anyway, we're just going to, we're going to go with this. And, and um, I, just, just to give you some background, you know, growing up, you know, we were in, the, in, in a church denomination where Sunday school was majorly important and they broke the church down into, I mean, every age group you can imagine, you know, but, uh, as you got older, you know, the more, more age groups were left together. And as a junior high girl, I had a, a teacher, a Sunday school teacher who was wonderful. I loved this lady. She was, she was a godly lady. She was fun. She was interested in, in us, all of us girls. I think we were eighth grade girls. This is just the class of girls. And, and uh, she was such a blessing to me over the years. In fact, I even dated her son for several months. But let me tell you, no 15-year-old should be dating, period. So, um, you know, when uh, he broke up with me, it broke my heart. But it wasn't but a few months later till Mr. Wright came along. And um, I, I didn't miss the first guy at all after that, <laughs> you know. But she was wonderful. And, and every, every, every week, you know, she would have a Sunday school lesson. But she always managed to throw in just some little tidbits that would help you in life. And uh, one of the most important things she ever taught me was that horses sweat, ladies glisten. I'm going, yeah, I use that to this day. You know, I don't sweat, I glisten. I've done a whole lot of glistening the last few years, you know. <laughs> but, but she was just absolutely wonderful. But every single week before we left that classroom, we had a theme scripture that we went out with. So tonight, that's where we're going. We're Go with me to Psalms 19. She wanted us to leave with an awareness, you know, of this scripture so that it would govern the rest of our week until we came back into that class again. You know, and it was, it was such an impactful thing that I, to this day, refer to this scripture. You know, and when I do, I always think of her. She's been in heaven for a long time now, rejoicing and just praising God. And, and, but she, she doesn't really know and understand the legacy that she left behind. You know, but this verse, verse 14, it goes like this. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. 
You think, well, how in the world are you going to put all this together tonight? Well, let me tell you. After last week, talking about what are you believing God for in 2017, you know, my whole emphasis last week was on spiritual goals. Um, I had somebody uh, send me a message after, after Wednesday night service last week, and were telling me that in 2016, when I, when I kind of ministered along that line, beginning of 2016, they took it to heart, and they wrote some things down, and they were all good things, mostly natural things. And then somewhere during the course of the year, their attentions shifted, you know, to, to, to being more spiritual minded instead of focusing on the goals that they had set out. And at the end of the year, they had realized that all those things they had written down at the beginning of the year had come to pass. That's the whole point. All these things will be added. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all these things, it's a good thing to write them down, but not a good thing to focus on them. It's a good thing to say, Lord, this is what I want this year. This is what I'd like this year. These are the desires of my heart. These are the needs in my life and my family's life. You know, but to, to stay focused on those things, you're doing yourself a disservice. Really, you are. When we focus on the things of God and on our spiritual growth and the spiritual impact that we can have on other people around us, that's when he moves in those places. And really, honestly, if, if, we're, if we're just conscious of him and not so conscious of those things, we never have to fret. We never have to worry. We never have to be concerned. Why haven't they come to pass yet? It's been two months and I haven't seen this yet. It's been three months. We're we're focused on the right thing. He takes care of those things, always. And so I began to think, well, now, now, Lord, you know, there's some just practical applications of if I'm going to seek you this year and I'm going to put you first, give give me something here. And so he led me back to this scripture. Do you know this scripture right here can help you attain your spiritual goals? Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. You know, we're going to kind of break this up a little bit. But who's, who is it that we're trying to please in this life? Too often we find ourselves in places where we're trying to please, please everybody but God. You know, we should stop and take notice of that. Who, who, is, it? Am I, who is it I'm supposed to be pleasing? Who am I supposed to be making happy here? Do, do, are, are, is, can man do anything for me? Not really. Man as used by God as a vessel, as a, as a tool, as a vehicle to get something to us. That, you know, he uses people. But really, I mean, should that be our focus? No, our focus is on how can I please God? How can I be acceptable in his sight. Well, here he's talking about the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart. May they be acceptable. Listen, how can they be acceptable? When they're in line with the word. When they're in line with the word, they become acceptable in his sight. They, they bring us to a place where he's pleased with us. Doesn't Hebrews say, without faith it is impossible to please God? Well, when there's faith in our heart, what's going to happen? It's going to come out of our mouth. Actually, this, I, I, I looked at this, I was, I was just kind of, I stopped to 
to do something this afternoon when I was uh, going over this stuff, and and I, and I went to another room, and, I, and, I, and suddenly it occurred to me that this verse is kind of like a bicycle. A bicycle has two wheels. Both of them have to be in working order for that bicycle to go anywhere, and that those two wheels are connected by a chain. And if the chain comes off either wheel, the bicycle doesn't work anymore. Sometimes it's real obvious there's something wrong, you know, internally in my heart that I need to get straightened out. Sometimes it's real, real, real obvious that the words coming out of my mouth are not very good. But I tell you what, you got to get them both together, let the chain connect them, and it'll take you where you need to go. But until you do that, it won't take you where you need to go. You're going to be just struggling. Everybody ever been on a bicycle that had a flat tire? I mean, you can get a little bit of motion in there, but you're not going very far, and you're surely not going very easily with a flat tire. Because after a while, you're going to be walking, just riding on the rim. Uh, not fun. And so I, you know, I got to looking at some different things, and, and Matthew twelve thirty four. go with me over there. Hallelujah. Matthew 12. It says, the latter part of this verse says, and it applies across the board, it says, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. One of the interesting things I found out today is, is uh, in, back over in Psalms where it says, let the meditation of my heart, there's a lot of translations that says, let the utterance of my heart. You know, your heart has a voice. You know, and it's up to us to let the, the voice of our heart <clears throat> be expressed by our physical mouth. But here it says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It is so vitally important what we say. And I am looking at this year as a time to put more controls on my mouth. And the way I'm going to do that is to fill my heart with, with, with the word. You know, w- sometimes we say things, oh, well, I was just kidding. Was it something you good you should have said? Needed to say. Well, I didn't really mean that. Well, you know, it just kind of, that came out wrong. Listen, we need, to, we need to stop giving ourselves excuses when it, co- when it comes to the words that come out of our mouth. You know, stop trying to, uh, just into like that they used to say, oh, just cut me some slack. Listen, you need to stop cutting yourself some slack. I need to stop cutting myself some slack. And actually guard my mouth, guard the words of my mouth, because really it really does indicate more of what's on your in your heart than you think it does. Uh, there's there's kind of two applications I truly kind of wanted to get in, involved in in this lesson tonight, and um, one of them has to do with with just how it's, you know the words of our mouth come out to other people. How we say things, what we say. If you look at Ephesians 4.29, hallelujah, Ephesians 4.29, it says, 
Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Now, you, you look at that first section, you say corrupt communication. Oh, you, you're talking like, you know, talking bad? Listen, if it's not according to the word and in line with the word, it is corrupt. Corrupt has to do with death. And over in um, Proverbs 18.20, it says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So when it says, let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth, it's dealing with anything that you say that doesn't produce life in somebody else. Um, There is, in the Weymouth translation, it says, no unwholesome words. And then it goes on and it says... uh, but that which is good to the use of edifying. Uh, I have a Weymouth translation again. It says, but let all your words be good for benefiting others. How many times have our words come out? Because in our heart, there was something other than benefit that we wanted to express. We all know we should, but do we? You know, I, I have a dry sense of humor. You know, I, was, I, I, I lived in a household of three guys who all had the same kind of sense of humor, and I had to learn to develop that same kind of sense of humor if I was going to survive in a household of three guys. And I do. But sometimes a dry sense of humor can come across and actually be harmful and hurtful to the people who hear what you have to say. And so we need to stop doing some of that. We need to really start being so cautious about the things we say with what we say because it reflects so much of what's on the inside of us. It goes on, this verse goes on, it says, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. The Weymouth translation again says, that they may be a means of blessing to the hearers. The Phillips translation says, which God can use. All these words that, that which God can use to help other people. 20th century says that they may be a help to those who hear them. It's important. It's important what you say to someone. It's important what you say about someone. It's important what you say about yourself. Listen, for you to to say something to someone that's not helpful is wrong. For you to say something about someone that is not beneficial, that's not edifying, that does not cause blessing. You know, where it talks about, over in Matthew, it talks about, you know, you have someone who's persecuting you, you, you love them, pray for them, bless them, do good to them. Bless means to speak well. When I'm talking about someone, am I speaking well of them? Am I? What happens so many times, we we, we forget, you know, that though you may have an issue with somebody, you know, if you start spouting that off to someone else, what you have done is you have poisoned that person's viewpoint of the person you were talking about. You can't get that back. And what that does is it, again, illustrates what's in the heart. You also cannot continually say things about yourself. Well, I'm just no good. 
I'm never going to be worth anything. I'm never going to amount to anything. Those are things God does not want you to say and he does not want to hear. Isn't it say, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord? He doesn't want you talking about even yourself because he hears what you're saying and that's not acceptable to him. He has said that you are above and not beneath. He said that you're the apple of his eye. He said that you're an overcomer, that you're more than a conqueror, that you're a victor in all things, that he always leads you in triumph. How dare you say that about yourself? You are speaking words that are corrupt, that are bringing death into your life, even about you. Some people will never get, get to where God wants them to go because they can't let themselves get there. They won't allow themselves to get there because they're consciously focused on what they think of themselves and how they view themselves and how they think they are uh, missing the boat, how little qualification they have, how much you know, uh, problems they have. Listen, God says you can overcome. You stop talking about yourself that way. And you start putting in what God has said about you. You let that begin to come out. Yes, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Instead of saying, I can't. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, there will come times when you and I both will come up against something that in and of ourselves we cannot do because we're not qualified, we're not capable, we don't have the expertise, we don't have the knowledge. But that's not the time to say, I can't. It's not the time to say, I can't do this because I, I don't have the expertise, that I don't know this and I don't know that. Listen, the greater one lives on the inside of you, the one who knows all things, the one who gives, who gives grace, the one who gives ability, the one who, who promotes you. He's the one who can help you. He's the one who can do these things for you. Stop saying those things. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, even when I'm talking about myself, Lord, let it be acceptable in your sight. Because you see me so much greater than I see myself. You have more for me than I have for myself and what I think I can do. You have things for me to do that I cannot do of myself. But I'm not looking at me, I'm looking at you. You know, that's where the rubber meets the road. And this year, we've got to get to a place where our words and our heart are lined up. And they're everything that God wants them to be. For us to grow spiritually, that's where we're going to have to go. We're going to have to go to a place where we are lined up with the word of God. And we're not just lined up in our thinking. We're not just lined If it's in here, it better be coming out of here. If it's not coming out of here, I doubt seriously it's in here. I doubt it. Because listen, when you are full of joy, it's going to come out. When you're full of um, anxiety, it's going to come out. When you're full of anger, it's going to come out. When you're full of bitterness, resentment, envy, strife, it's going to come out. Well, I, I, didn't, I really didn't say anything. Ah, oh, the very fact that you didn't say anything. Well, I'm just one of those per- kind of people. I just keep it to myself. Oh, listen, I know what kind of a volcano there is going on on the inside when you try to do that. And it will eventually explode. 
You know, volcanoes, you know, they're underground. You don't see any activity. And just one day, there's a huge eruption. Listen, if you don't take care of those kind of things, it will come out. It comes out and you're thinking already. Maybe, maybe you can keep other people from knowing it for a while, but it won't take that long for it to come out. It, it, it's evident on your face. It's all evident in your countenance, in the way you carry yourself, you know, just the way you interact with people. You know, things have got to change. You know, we need to deal with the, the enemy on, on his terms, which his terms are, I'm going to tell you this, and your, your terms are, I'm going to tell you this. Go right down where he is and tell him where he's not going to go any further. And say, this is, I'm coming down to your level long enough to tell you what the word says, and that's it. That's it. Over in Proverbs 4, verse 23, it says, keep your heart with all diligence. You have to guard your heart at all times. Uh, The New English Bible says, guard your heart more than any treasure, for it is the source of all life. And the RSV translation says, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. We've got to protect our hearts. And we've got to protect it because the enemy is going to try his best to keep you all tangled up in emotions, all tangled up in attitudes, all tangled up in, in, in things that are ugly. And you cannot allow him to do that. And to do that, we're going to get to a place where the words of my mouth and the meditation, the utterance of my heart are acceptable in your sight. You know, those are, just, those are just areas that we all have to deal with. And, you know, there are times when, when I know I've got an attitude problem. Listen, i got an attitude with somebody. How do you know if you've got an attitude with somebody? Because when you, because when you hear their, ne- your, their, their name, you kind of go, <laughs> something, something kind of goes on the inside of you. That's when you know you've got an attitude problem with that person. You've got, you're holding something. You know, I, I've, I've had something that I've been, I've been struggling with for a while, and, and I, just, I have just decided, no, I am not, I'm, I'm not, I am not, I am not going to keep that attitude. No, no, I know that's wrong. You know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for that, that area. I'm going to pray for that situation. I'm going to pray. I'm going to bless those people. You know, you have to recognize it and deal with it. If you don't, it's only going to hurt you. Never will hurt the other person. It just hurts you. It hurts your ability to minister to that person. It it hurts your ability to uh, speak the words of God and then actually take it for something credible if they know you have an attitude toward them. But you know whether you have an attitude toward them. And so if you do, deal with it and move on. All right, now here's the other thing. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Again, Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Romans 10, 8. Go over there. You know, people, sometimes when you start talking about about confession and what words and stuff, they, they think that it's just it's enough just not to say the, oh, I just won't say anything because I don't want to say the wrong thing. No, that's not good enough. 
It's not good enough. You can't just not say anything so that you won't say the wrong thing. You have to find out what the right thing is, and you have to say it. You know, I've, over the years, we've had people say, well, you know, I, I guess I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that, I, that, I, that I'm sick. I'm going, no, that's not what you're saying. You know, you can acknowledge symptoms in your body. But the next word out of your mouth when you do that is the word but. But God. You know, it's not, it's not, a, matter, you know, it's not a matter of saying, um, I, I know people have this idea that when you talk about confession and you start saying, I believe I am healed by his stripes, that you're trying to deny the existence of sickness in your body. Listen, it exists. Sickness exists. If it didn't, there would be have no reason for the word to say that he's redeemed us from sickness. If it didn't exist, what, did, what does he have to redeem us from? It exists. I, I dismiss the reality of it in my life is what I dismiss. That I refuse to let it become my reality. That's the whole thing. I think you heard Brother Jim say that last week. Sickness is there, but I refuse to let it become my reality. I refuse to let it stay in my body. It has no place in my body. And so there's the place where you acknowledge the fact that, it's, that there's an attack in your body, but and you combat that thing with what the Word has said. You know, it's not a matter of just not saying the wrong thing. Again, you, know, I, you just want people to understand that. But here in Romans, you know, here's the principle. Uh, in uh, verse 8, it says, The Word is nigh thee, even in your mouth and in your heart. See? In your mouth and in your heart. It's two places, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and you shall believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Listen, this applies in every area of our lives. It takes faith to get born again, and this is how you do it. It takes faith to receive from God, this is how you do it. It takes faith to get well, this is how you do it. It takes faith to receive finances, this is how you do it. With the heart, man believes, and with the mouth, confession is made. Isn't that what Mark eleven twenty two says? Talks about believing and speaking. You don't do one without the other. You know, and any time you're trying to, be, trying to believe God without speaking it out, you're never going to see it happen. Because it says over in, uh, in uh, I think it's James, isn't it, that faith without works is dead. Faith without corresponding actions. The very first corresponding action to your faith must be that you speak it out. That you begin to say what you believe. And if you can't say what you believe, then it's not in your heart, in the, in the, okay, what's the word I'm searching for? In the, in the, thank you, in the capacity it needs to be there, in the strength that it needs to be there, in the fullness that it needs to be there. You can have doubt in your head and faith in your heart, and you, you, you will be able to tell the difference. You know, when there's rest and peace on the inside, even though your head's just going 90 miles an hour about why this can't work and why this isn't going to work and why this is never going to work and, and da, da, da. I mean, you can talk, I mean, you can talk circles around. But when there's faith in your heart, there's a rest that comes. And it's easy to say. 
what the word says. It's easy to say what's in your heart. I remember a time when I was, you know, just, I mean, it was, it was a height of, of panic in my life. And somebody gave me a scripture. And I tell you what, I began to say that scripture to myself over and over. And it has had absolutely no life to it when I first started. No life to it at all. But I tell you what, about an hour into just going that over that verse over and over and over and over and over out loud to myself, suddenly something happened. Suddenly something. And I tell you what, faith rose up on the inside of me so big, it was like I wanted to tear a wall down. You know, Superman, run through a tree and leap over a wall faster than a speeding bullet, whatever, you know. But you know, there are times when, when you've got a situation, you know, and, and you know you're not there. Find that scripture. And you get a hold of that scripture and you keep on that thing. You go over it and 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 you go over it. And I'm telling you, it won't be long till faith will be deposited in your heart and it'll rise up big in you. And from that point on, what you say is from a place of victory and a place of I've got it no matter what. You can't tell me. You can't, you can't convince me it's not mine. You'll go from there into what you need. Hallelujah. And it'll continue out of your mouth because it's what's in your heart now. It's what's in your heart. It's what's in your heart. Hallelujah. Um, You can locate people by their words. You, You really can. You can locate them. You know, I know that just because you're saying the word, if there's not some element of joy attached to it or some element of peace, some element of I'm settled on this, you can hear that in somebody's voice. If there's not one of those things attached to what they're saying, I know it's not real. You're trying to be convinced, but you aren't convinced. Well... You need to find that place of being convinced. You know, these are what's going to, these are the kind of things that are going to help us this year to get these things working in our lives, to get it, to get it solid and, and to put ourselves in a place where we are going to continue down the path God's got for us and we're going to, and we know how to do it and we know where we're going and we know what the outcome is already. Nobody has to tell me. Nobody has to say, well, what if? It doesn't matter what if. Yeah, but, but, but midnight's the last, it's, it's, it's got to be done by midnight. Really? I heard Gloria Copeland say one time, when they tell you midnight, midnight is, is the deadline, there's always tomorrow. There's always tomorrow. Always. You know, just because, because the devil tries to convince you you got some deadline doesn't mean it's the deadline. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Mm-mm. If you're in faith, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Now, if you're not in faith, you're going to listen to him. And his deadline will become your deadline. But that's not, that's not going to happen. Um, when this, this verse says, oh, Lord, my strength and my redeemer. You know, David, the psalmist David, over in Psalm 140, he said, the Lord is the strength of my salvation. He is that undergirding. He is that foundation. He is the rock on which I stand. He is the strength of my salvation. Doesn't Nehemiah say the joy of the Lord is my strength? Listen, it's not your joy that's your strength. It's the joy of the Lord that's your strength. It's his joy. 
And his joy can become your joy. But see, we talk all too often, we're trying to get our joy built back up when we really need to stop and recognize that it's his joy in me that causes my strength to become his strength. See, it's just, that's just that easy. His joy becomes my joy and then my, his strength becomes my strength. Isn't that wonderful to know that? Um, over in John fourteen twenty six, talking about the comforter, one of the the definitions, one of the, the attributes of, of his, him as our comforter is that he's a strengthener. Oh, Lord, my strengthener. When I feel weak, he is my strengthener. Over in Psalm, I think it's 103, it talks about that your strength will be renewed like the eagles. Your youth will be renewed like the eagles. Well, now that's a pretty strong statement. As far as I know, an eagle is... is Full of might and full of power. Master of everything he sees when he's in the air. Listen, he wants to renew you like the eagle. He wants to redeem your life from destruction. That's the rest of this thing. Oh, Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Go with me over there to Psalm. You just kind of look at this real quick. Psalm 103. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things. So that they... Thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Listen, my mouth is satisfied with good things. And we immediately, your mind can go to natural things. But my mouth is satisfied with the words of life. His words, they're life. They're life to me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Listen, the word is powerful. The word is more powerful than you and I give credence to sometimes. The word of God will do more for us than we'll ever be able to do for ourselves as long as we just put it into practice, put it into motion. And I'm over, and I'm sorry. I See, I told you. But hallelujah. I just want you to make this your... your kind of motto for this week. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. When you're going through your week this week, I want you just to stop and just and just pause long enough to say, are my words and my heart lined up to be acceptable and pleasing to him? And if they are, hallelujah. If they're not, work on it. I'm telling you, the more you work on it, the better you'll get at it. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.